From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The NBA playoffs seedings are set. The matchups are ready. And we're ready for the play-in tournament. But realistically, this morning, one of the biggest topics is a team that tanked their way out of that play-in tournament. And I think there's a way the league can respond. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We'll get to the actual matchups in a second, Harry, but hear me out. Heard a lot of people yesterday saying, well, the league can't do anything about this tanking because teams do it all the time. I disagree with that because this was so transparent, because this was so obvious, because even their coach alluded to it in his press conference afterwards, because they did nothing to try and hide what they were accomplishing. This is a perfect and easy opportunity for the league to step in and simply take away their draft pick. If the league ever wants to stop blatant, blatant tanking, I know that it's hard sometimes to sit there and say, well, load management, was he really hurt? We don't know. You can sit there and try and justify a lot of it. And I can already hear people yelling about the way the Rockets and the Spurs have approached this season. That's fine. It's hard for the league to step in and prove that that was their intent every single night. The Mavericks not only did it, they did it and they were transparent about it. Like, I can drive by a cop when I'm speeding. And if I drive by that cop when I'm speeding, I can hope he doesn't see me. If I'm flipping him off as I drive by, I'm probably going to get pulled over. That's what it feels like the Mavs just did. They gave him the double bird and they were like, up yours, NBA. This becomes a clean moment for the league to step back, Harry, and say, you know what? We're not going to allow this. Not on my watch. And they, they could come down with the thunder of the gods. Yeah, and if you're the Dallas Mavericks and, and owner Mark Cuban, if this was the plan, okay, if that's the plan. But you would think they would prep their head coach not to say certain things in the, in the, in the post-game press conference about them doing it and what information he got from the owner, which is him, Mark Cuban, right? Don't you think they kind of would have been more silent about it and going about it in that direction versus just, you know, coming out and saying any and everything to throw the cherry on top of the decision that they decided to go with. I mean, it would make sense to me. That's what I'm saying. Like, you would think they would try to hide it versus, you know, doing what you just said, flipping the bird finger at everybody saying, this is what we're doing and y'all live with it. It feels like this is an easy opportunity for the league to step in. I can't say that they will, but these are the sorts of moments that I feel like you have to reanalyze your process when it's that blatant, especially to be real. Maybe it's a Vegas kid in me. But when you have gambling partners everywhere, you can't tell me that this doesn't impact all of that. When you start talking about the future bets to make the playoffs, when you start talking about what we saw in these games individually, the limited time, the interesting did not plays, that, that those there has to be some moment of transparency even for your gambling partners, which the NBA certainly cares about. So, But I, but I will say this, though. I think when you look at Adam Silver, right, and – you look at Mark Cuban, and he's more the one, one of the more transparent owners in the game. He's visible a lot, and he means a lot to the game of basketball. Do you think he'll give him a slap on the wrist and tell him, hey, don't do this next time? Nah, when, you, when you've got the visible owners that everybody hears of, and also an owner that earlier this year tried to contest an outcome of a game because he thought the referees were so – like, this is where you come in and slap him in the face just to make a big example of it. Like, you come in and you – whoop. 
right? Just a, it's just a whoop, and then all of a sudden, that's what you, you make the statement for the world. It's, it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We should say, for all of this conversation about a team that didn't make the playoffs, the Lakers beat the Suns on Friday. They, I'm going to say this because I'm all in on my anti-Lakersdom right now that people are tweeting me about. They eked out a win yesterday where a Utah team that had nothing to play for really gave them everything they can handle until about five minutes to go in that game. So now we get the seeding uh, through all of this. And and then importantly, the Warriors went 2-0 against the Kings and Trailblazers over the road, uh, on the road this weekend. They get the sixth seed. So now... The Warriors will take on Sacramento, which was sort of the worst case matchup for the Kings. You and I talked about it like, oh, all the young team doesn't play any defense. Uh, it's not really that far of a road <laughs> trip. Like, I don't know. I feel like Sacramento's got to be sitting there saying, man, we could have we, we done that a little bit better. Oh, 1,000%. But I will say this. Those young players are young and they're hungry and they're, they're, they're going to accept the challenge. I think one of the chess pieces in this matchup is the simple fact that their head coach, the Kings, Mike Brown from 2000, I believe it was 16 to 2022, he was the associate head coach for the Golden State Warriors. So he knows any and everything that they want to do offensively, defensively, uh, you know, just in and out of, of the game, of, ins and outs of the game of basketball. But you can only tell your team so much to the point to where they have to go out there and perform. And I can just think about the ball movement and how Steph Curry and Klay Thompson move without the ball, coming off screens, and how your defense, you know, can't have any laws or give them airspace. Whatever the over is, every game in this series, I would advise people to take the over mm. because we might not see that much defense, especially from the Sacramento Kings. Now, the Warriors, it's not like they've been great defensively this year, nowhere near where they were a year ago. But I have more faith in them locking down defensively more so than I do the Sacramento Kings doing it from their, from their end. This is what Steph Curry of the Warriors had to say at his press conference about playing the Kings in the first round. Situations like that in the past, it's obviously you want to control your own uh, objective, making sure we get a week off no matter who we play. Um, but it was it was nice to have that in the bag and then just see how the, the cars fell, um, you know, with those two games. And knowing we're playing Sacramento, obviously, they're a great team. They've had an amazing season. And it's going to take everything to, to, to beat them four times, especially start on the road. But we love the uh, the opportunity in front of us. Starting on the oh, road. They, oh, they, oh, they right down the road, man. They right down the road. They're not far from Sacramento and Golden State. They can take a bus ride if they want to. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. But if they wanted to take a charter bus, they could just take a charter bus right there to Sacramento. So I think that's another luxury for the Golden State Warriors. But, man, it's just something about a team that has made six NBA final appearances in the last eight seasons. Uh, it's just something about that. And, and I think the Golden State Warriors, they're going to be up for this challenge. But also, remember, Harrison Barnes – won an NBA championship with the Golden State Warriors. He's on that Sacramento team, and he didn't play, you know, his best basketball when I think I think they were up 3-1 in that series against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Harrison Barnes didn't play well, you know, the last few games, and that made them want to go out and get Kevin Durant. So you know he kind of want st wants to stick it to the Golden State Warriors, too. Yeah, th there's no doubt about uh, the, the motivation. They're also interesting that the Clippers beat the Suns, which forces the Clippers now to play the Suns in that series. Uh, there is this weird chance. <laughs> there, just hear me out here, Harry, in the world of drama. Like, the Lakers are in the play-in, and everybody saw that, as I mentioned. Uh, the Lakers ended up getting the win against Utah. That gives them uh, the seventh seed, obviously, which means they're right.
right back at it. One of the one of the worst things about the play-in for teams that make the play-in is that you don't get the long break, right? So uh, everybody yep. else gets a week off, but that's not going to be the case for the play-in. The play-in starts tomorrow night, Tuesday night. You have Atlanta at Miami, and you have Minnesota at the Lakers. Minnesota had their own drama at the end of their game. But the Lakers, there's this weird world where if the Lakers win, we could absolutely end up with like, let's just say, hear me out a second. We get Memphis versus the Lakers in the first round, which is going to give us a ton of drama. Ooh. I'll say that somehow, some way, Memphis wins that series because I've already banked on that on first take. Uh, from there, <laughs> from there, you get Memphis taking on Golden State in the second round, so you get all of the heat that you wanted from that, and then you end up with the Western Conference Final that is Golden State versus KD. I mean, the West could give us like every single reality TV show week after week after week that we want, and I wouldn't be mad at it. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be mad at this, this, this plan. And the way it lays out right now. I am mad at your dance. Well, moves, so well, well, that well that's that's the way we want it. That's the way the people want it. That's the way the media wants it. Right. Whenever there's a, you know, extra sprinkles on top of that cupcake or that ice cream or, you know, some little Snickers candy bars or some M&Ms, you want to throw it on there. When, when there's extra stuff going on between the two teams that are playing in whatever round it is, that's a bonus, not just for the viewers, but that's a bonus for us in the media fits because we get to talk about these things. I live for moments like this in the media world. Live for them. Uh, producer Evan got my ear and said, hey, by the way, LeBron versus Golden State is still a win. No good, sir. It is not. For my Menchies, it is not a win. Like, I'm going to be very clear, Memphis. <laughs> I have been national for over a year, I've been very like, hey, we need to pay attention to the Grizzlies. I've never asked anything in return from you as an organization. Just beat the Lakers. I, I'm really going to need that because if that doesn't happen, my like, I might have to get off social media for six Ooh. months. Might have to take a little rest. They're going to come. They already like, they, they are. My, my, they're going to come yeah. for you. I love Memphis. I love all those people down there. But, you know, I'm a company guy. I'd love to see the rating on uh, on Warriors, uh, Lakers in the second round. That would be nice. I, I, I'm just saying uh, that would be a nice rating. Okay. Wow. By the way, sprinkles, NBA playoffs, ESPN Radio. Uh, sprinkles on ice cream uh, are trash, and Snickers are just unnecessary. I don't ever need peanuts in my Okay, in my go, th- go throw yourself in the dumpster and, and close the top. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe these things or you just do it for shock value? No, I, I like I've never once walked it's in no somewhere and wanted it. sprinkles put on my ice cream. That is they're, they're just a total waste. I don't need crunch on my ice cream and I don't want any I, I just don't want, you know, any oh uh, any nuts in my chocolate. I just uh I, 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 I like nuts and I like chocolate, <laughs> but I don't Whoa. like chocolate and nuts together. All right, if you heard Harry on Friday, he was given a year to get tickets to the 2024 Masters. You were not going to believe how long it actually took for him to secure the bag. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. You might be asking yourself, it's not Friday, and I'm used to this mood only being set on Fridays. What's happening right now on a Monday? Did Easter last an extra day and I didn't get the notice? No. We're doing this right now to set the mood because, frankly, our next guest joined us on the morning show on Friday. 
And he he bought in. He set the mood in a way I didn't know it could be set. He he took it to a level the guests don't usually take it to. Michael Collins coming in hot with us right now, ESPN senior golf analyst. I'm just telling you, like I had goosebumps. I was ready for hibbity dibbity. Like you set the whole thing. Like the whisper, I hear it again. You're in the wrong career, man. Screw the golf thing. I think you just need to be out yeah. there being like a love doctor. So. Basically, what you're trying to say is as soon as we was finished, then you was already texting wife. You being like, hey, when I get home, get ready. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no excuses. There, there's do this. <laughs> 100%. Like, that, that's, that's what happens when Michael Collins is on. Uh, we'll get into a little controversy in a second, by the way. But before we do Ooh. that, I want to ask you a Masters question, all right? John Rahm okay. wins the Masters. Why? What did he do that, what, what was the key to his victory? Consistency. Um, his consistency off the tee and then just his patience um, through the green. That's that's the one thing that the Masters demands of you. It demands you to be patient and it demands you to sometimes not attack when everything in your being tells you to attack. So it's basically taking people and going, there are things that I'll give you and things I won't give you, to people who are not used to having to do stuff like that, right? Like celebrities and athletes, there's a word that they rarely hear and don't like it when they hear it, and it's no, right? So this golf course sometimes says no. No, you can't hit it over there. No, you can't do No, you can't chip it to here. No, you, you can't go right at that flag. And now what do you do when a golf course tells you no and you're not used to hearing no? Well, John Rahm... Because he's, you know, the number one golfer in the world now with this second major, he was one of not only the best at taking what the golf course gave him, but then minimizing any kind of mistakes, right? Like even the amateur said, a bogey won't kill you, right? And we say that, and John Rahm, of course, told a great story about Zach Ertz sending him a text message and, and telling him, Man, that first green is a walk in the park. And then Rom went up there 10 minutes later and four-putted it. So it's like, <laughs> but after that, like after that start of the tournament, you saw a guy who just kind of decided, you know what? Let me be the same John Rom who won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. And that's what he looked like. He looked like a guy who was ready for a heavyweight fight against Brooks Kepka. And Brooks Kepka looked like a guy who had it and just couldn't get it back. And even John Rahm said, I wish that Brooks would have had his best. Because he didn't so, in the final round. He did for three days, and then for one day it just wasn't it wasn't there. Yeah, so I got to ask you about Brooks Kepka. He was vintage, you know, Kepka into the final round. What actually happened from your viewpoint? I think from my viewpoint, it, it's – you know, it's a, it was going to be a very long day on Sunday anyway. Brooks is in absolutely amazing shape. Um, he was hitting the ball okay. He wasn't putting on like a master ball striking display because he was missing a bunch of greens. But then his, his short game was phenomenal. But that kind of stuff is only going to save you for so long. And if you make a couple of mistakes around Augusta and John Rahm doesn't, then you see that flip-flop that fast. And people think like, oh, well, it's all right. When you get to the back nine, you flip a switch and it's on. And it just doesn't work like that. So, you know, 
Brooks, I know a lot of people are going to try to say, like, yeah, he didn't have it on the fourth day, but he had plenty left in the tank, and this is a dude that is doesn't have to worry whatsoever about any kind of stamina. <laughs> like, this dude, he's a pretty pretty uh, fit guy out there. You know, people are always talking about him. He's built like a linebacker, not quite like a linebacker, but he's in fantastic shape. I just think his golf swing just for three days was at a place where he can manage it. And then that final day, a couple of things went squirrely and a couple of breaks didn't go his way. And that was that. That's, that's all it takes at a major championship, even for a guy like Bruce Kepka. But I think he still performed admirably. Don't forget, this dude still finished in second place. You know what I mean? It's not like he shot an 80 or nothing like that. So <laughs> you look at that and you're like, okay, so John Ron wins. He's world number one. And then, the two guys tied for second are live players, so says so something. And P. Reed put three live players in the top four. It's crazy. We're talking to ESPN senior golf analyst Michael Collins. All right, Tiger withdrew before play resumes Sunday. Uh, what do we make it? Is it the last time we see Tiger Woods at the Masters? And we were talking about that in the media center, and it goes back to a shot that he hit on Thursday. Thursday late afternoon, he hit a drive that – put the golf ball right by the left fairway bunker. And he took a stance where his heels were hanging over the edge of the bunker, and he could have just, like, hit a little punch shot back into the fairway. I was standing in the caddy area with a bunch of caddies and players because the players go down there to eat, too. And when he took that stance, everyone was like, yep, do that. Please just, just hit that little, you know, even if it only goes 15 yards, so what? Just... Punch it down there, no wrist, nothing. Then he started digging that right leg into the bunker, and his left leg was elevated and outside of the bunker. So he's got one. The bad leg is in the bunker. The problem is now with the way he was leaning, back with all his weight on that right leg, when he swings, all the weight and pressure are going to stay on that right leg. Right? And we know that's the bad one. And really bad things can happen. I can tell y'all that everyone collectively held their breath. I mean, everybody in that caddy area, and I'm talking players, caddy. First, when he started building the stands, we were all yelling, no, don't do this, don't do this. And he takes that swing and then falls backwards, keeps that right leg up in the air, and he's hopping on it. And we were all like, okay, well, at least his leg's still attached. But there was a serious limp after that. And so... Now you throw in 50-degree, 40-degree weather, rain, and, oh, yeah, stop, play. And he just can't recover from something like that. Well, even Friday, when we saw the weather change and it get nasty and they was going to not, you know, do what they needed to do and know what Saturday's coming, it was, is this the last time we're going to see Tiger play a competitive round of golf? Like, not just at Augusta, but period. And that's a real possibility because Tiger now, we don't know if he's ever going to be in a spot because can he build stamina for that leg? You're not going to build muscle, right? There's all the damage and the surgeries and everything that's happened on that side of the leg. And he's had five back surgeries, and who knows how long that's going to hold up. What if he has to have another one of those? And it's like... I say to athletes all the time, and golfers especially, but 
even my fr- friends that are athletes in other sports, there's one thing that I've never heard an athlete say, not one, and that is I came back too late from injury, ever. Mm. You ever hear an athlete say that? No. Nope. Nah. I heard a ton of athletes, all of them say I came back too early. I never heard one say I came back too late, and Tiger might have done that too. You what? know, and so now – how much recovery time can he give himself to realistically play four rounds and have the stamina to make it through Saturday and Sunday? That's been the problem. And I don't know if there is a way for him to do that. And if there's not, and he doesn't think he can compete, then that's it, which is sucks. Like that is the worst for golf fans, all of his sports fans, the thought of, Hey, there's no more tiger, like in real events. You well, know what I tell you? I tell you this, Michael. I can't wait to see Tiger in 2024 at the Masters. Man, mm-hmm. it, oh. we going as a group. Because, Mr. Collins, I got those tickets Took secured in the bag, boss. 30 minutes. <laughs> I've never seen Harry Moore determined for anything in his life. I'm telling you, it was a bam, bam, done. Woo! I'm, de- my, I'm, I'm picking out my outfit. He hasn't told me if I'm his plus one next year, but I'm thinking neon knickers. Like, Fitz and Harry going to come take over the Masters. We're going to do it. I believe it. I believe it when I see it. I can't. I'm be at that gate so that when they go, boop, no, um, sir, this isn't a real ticket. This is, uh, I don't know. Oh, man. This out of Kinko's oh, man. for 34 hours. I don't, there, there's I one thing I know. The, the one thing I know is that Harry will let us all know because he's going to be loud about it the whole time. He got. Michael, we got to <laughs> let you go, brother. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks for the great insight on the Masters, my friend. Anytime, man. We got to chat again soon. Absolutely. Michael Collins, ESPN Senior Golf Analyst. Check out Maddie and the Caddy. Great podcast. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN Caddy. A championship team's about each player being a perfect fit. Same with the vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors. Look for the green check. Stay in the green game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Why does Odell Beckham Jr. signing? What does it mean, I should say, for Lamar Jackson? Simple question that may not have a simple answer. We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You see Lamar Jackson saying, I have officially requested a trade. Is it over for him and I feel like Lamar Jackson is fed up. Lamar means business. He doesn't want to be there. Go get your money. Keep doing what you're doing. Flips in for the touchdown. This is a spec or value thing. I think he's trying to shake up the dynamics. Unbelievable. Some people say there's no cost too high for a great quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Odell Beckham Jr. is a Baltimore Raven. The question is, are we taking something simple, a payday, and making it complicated, what it means for Lamar Jackson or even for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers? It's what we do a lot. And in this instance, I'm not sure the right answer. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, want to get you some breaking news from Woj. That's just coming across Twitter. Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert is not traveling with the team to L.A., 
won't play versus the Lakers on Tuesday in the play-in tournament, sources tell ESPN. Gobert will serve a one-game suspension and is expected to return if the Wolves lose to the Lakers and play another play-in game uh, or advance into the Western Conference playoffs, sources said. So again, Rudy Gobert will not travel with the team to L.A. We'll get you updated on our thoughts on that in just a minute, but we want to grow the wolf back by one. One of our favorites, our buddy Marcus Spears, ESPN football analyst, joins us right now. Uh, all right, Big Swagoo, explain this to me because, like, in my mind, I think it's pretty simple. I don't care who the quarterback is. If you're giving me $15 million fully guaranteed, they could grow to $18 million, I'm going to go play there. Uh, am I over? Am I oversimplifying this? I think you are, Fitz, and I think, I, I think it's another way to look at this, man, because, all right, so you, you, every, everyone could surmise that, hey, man, the money is the money. Like, and you go play where the money is. But a lot of times, remember, Odell Beckham Jr. has already got a $100 million deal. He's made a lot of money. So, and he's an uber competitor. So he's trying to figure out where I can go win, where I can have an impact for a long-term deal. And you can't get a long-term deal without a good quarterback if you're a wide receiver. It just don't happen. But I look at it from the other context, right? If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, am I going to guarantee $15 million to Odell Beckham Jr. and have zero playing at quarterback? Like that is to me that is the craziness. If if this is not about trying to lure and get Lamar Jackson back, I'm going to give a guy coming off of two ACL tears fifteen million dollars guaranteed with an unknown quarterback situation. I don't buy that. That is why it turned my head and started thinking about like, oh, they, it's something going on between them and Lamar, and then Lamar publicly endorses the fact that OBJ is becoming the receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just reading tea leaves, and the tea leaves don't simply lead me to the money. It leads me to a lot of things that you think about outside of just getting the $15 million guarantee as to why would they do that with a new offensive coordinator and have an unknown at the quarterback spot. Yeah, Swagoo, I would say this. This whole deal threw a monkey wrench and a lot of things on the way I, I viewed it and thought about it because I did not think Lamar Jackson was going back to Baltimore at all. And I still yep, feel like my mind. I still feel like him and the organization, they still have a lot of things to kind of patch up and, you know, get get on the same page as well. But mm-hmm. knowing that do you still think it's feasible for that to happen? Because Lamar Jackson, we can't we can't just ignore the simple fact that he told his team that he wanted to be traded. Like, do we need to hear this from Lamar? Like, hey, you know, I'm rescinding my trade request and I'm and, and I'm moving I'm, forward with this organization. I mean, honestly, Harry, like th- those things are absolutely valid, right? But we know how this go, man. And this has been like I'm all for players doing their own deals and figuring out how to get their own money. But the, Lamar got to the point where I know it was going to get to. It's inevitable. It's going to happen when you're speaking on your behalf. It got personal for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it was a negotiating tactic by going in and requesting a trade, letting, trying to tell them how serious he was about getting out of there, or if it was legitimately like, get me out of here and do what's best and let's just end this thing. Yesterday, I thought Lamar Jackson was not going to be a Baltimore Raven. Today, that changes. And it changed for me when he publicly endorsed and showed he posted him and Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. talking to each other. So that I didn't know. just happen after OBJ signed. And I got to, like, I, got, I know OBJ, I know how competitive he is, but I also know that he wants to know what situations are before he gets involved in them, especially at this point in your career. 
So I, I, I just look, man, all of the stuff that happened in the past, right, it goes away if you can find some agreement where everybody is happy. That's the business aspect of it. Because I was also the one that didn't think Aaron Rodgers would t- return to Green Bay, but it turned into three-year $150 million. So things change. And I think this is just one of those steps into into it kind of opening up a little bit, especially in my mind, about what could potentially happen with Lamar going back to Baltimore. And look, here's the reality, too. It ain't like they ain't offering him nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not the money that he asked for. But they damn sure offered him a lot of money to play quarterback there. So I don't know if they took that off the table completely, but if they didn't, it's still 133, 175 with incentives sitting on the table there. So, you know, that that could change things. But Swagoo, like, uh, I'll go back to what you said earlier, that OBJ cares a lot about winning and he wants, he's competitive. Uh, I mean, it, when I look at this, Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. together with the Ravens will make them the second best team in their division. Aaron Rodgers and everything else the Jets have done with Odell Beckham Jr. feels like we're having the debate of if they're a Super Bowl contender. If it's about being competitive, wouldn't the Jets have been a better situation? Yeah, but it's also a personal side to it. Fitz, remember it. Odell still wants a long-term deal. He's not going to be the number one wide receiver in New York. He has to go be a number one. That's what he's trying to do. So it was a bit of it was a lot of incentive to say, "I'm when I show up in Baltimore, I'm gonna be the guy." And look, for all of the things about being the second best, and I get it because Cincinnati is in that division. Hey, bro. The Baltimore Ravens were the dominant wide receiver if they can play well and at a high level. Remember, this team with Tyler Huntley was a fumble away from beating them in the in the playoffs, I believe, um, or or uh, like late in the season when when um, the big seller picked up the fumble and took it ninety nine yards. So the Ravens have been competitive; they just been competitive with Lamar, and now you get start adding pieces, the wide receiver piece that everybody has been screaming about. You actually got a chance to win some of those games that you haven't been in or haven't been able to win. And a lot of those games have come down to you not being able to convert touchdowns at the end of games going for it. So the Baltimore Ravens ain't far behind. Um, That's a big misconception. But without Lamar Jackson, they are. Swagoo, we always appreciate your time, man. If I don't talk to you before the draft, remember, the day after the draft, when the Raiders pick somebody nobody's ever heard of with the seventh overall pick, just be gentle on them on NFL Live. That's all I'm asking, man. Just think in the back of your head, you're like, man, I know Fitzy's heart's hurting right now. Just just, just, just give me a little love. That's all I'm asking for, brother. I got, I got you, my brother. I got you, man. <laughs> appreciate you. Have a great right, day, fella. man. That's Marcus Spears hanging out with us, uh, giving us uh, all the great takes. Uh, Be sure to check him out on NFL Live. They uh, continue to do amazing work on that show. It's one of my favorites. Jaden McDaniels punched a wall. Rudy Gobert tried to punch a teammate. But will it be the Lakers who deliver the knockout punch to the T-Wolves playoff hopes? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The Timberwolves will take on the Lakers for the first game of the play-in, but they'll do it shorthanded. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, if you're watching us in the ESPN app, Harry Douglas has uh, gone out and gotten himself a boxing glove. Can't imagine why he got a boxing glove. Could be, I don't know, could be that punches seem to be a theme with the Timberwolves. There's some breaking news from Woj, all right? So, first and foremost, 18 minutes ago, Woj tweeted out, Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert isn't traveling with the team to L.A. 
won't play versus the Lakers on Tuesday in the play-in tournament, sources tell ESPN. Then 17 minutes ago, he tweeted out, Gobert will serve a one-game suspension and is expected to return if the Wolves lose to the Lakers and play another playing game or advance into the Western Conference playoffs, sources said. Reminder that the winner of the game between the Lakers and the Timberwolves automatically advances. The loser will have to play another game to get in. And then two minutes ago, he tweeted one more. And this one says... Let me clear my throat so I get perfect here. Ready for me, Devin? This one says, The Timberwolves had to suspend Gobert for throwing a punch, but accepted that it was a shot to the chest with no intent to injure Kyle Anderson and understood that Anderson called Gobert a repeatedly on a night Gobert was playing hurt, sources tell ESPN. So again, Anderson called Gobert a repeatedly on a night where he was playing hurt. I, I just love the facts. First time I've ever been beeped on live TV. So, uh, like, there was some there was some name-calling. There was some action there. Uh, that was a big part of this, and it only gets tougher and tougher at this point for the Timberwolves because, uh, frankly, that's added to the fact that Jaden McDaniels broke his hand punching a wall in frustration. So, Harry's got the boxing glove on. Harry, how are your fans feeling right now? Oh, they're feeling pretty good, you know. Because I have the boxing glove on the left one. The reason why I only have one is because I don't know what my son did with the other right one. So I only have one to I'm just picturing your right son now. at school right now saying, you talking to me? You talking <laughs> to me? With the, okay, go ahead. But, but, but it's crazy, though, man, when you look at this situation. And Rudy Gobert uh, was out of line, right? But you also can't have a teammate talking to him in that matter because he is another grown man, right? Uh, so I understand both sides of it. But right before you're about to go into a play-in situation with the Los Angeles Lakers in a game in which if you just win that one, now you have that seven seed. So I think it's, it's bad business, you know, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but understand their one-game suspension. Rudy Gobert is going to be missed, along with Jaden McDaniels, because you talk about a guy, Rudy Gobert, who's 13.4 points per game, 11.6 rebounds. Jaden McDaniels, 12.1 points per game. And also, you talk about that long 6'9 frame, 190 pounds, wiry guy that can defend and, and add length on the defensive end of, uh, of the court. You're going to be missing two guys defensively that you can use in this matchup when you talk about a LeBron James and also an Anthony Davis, a big. So I think this is bad business for Minnesota. But also, you know, you look at if they lose this matchup, in which it's looking like they probably will, you get one more try. You're going to have Rudy Gobert for the second game, but you won't have Jake McDaniels. And I can actually relate to Jake McDaniels. That happened to me when I was 14 years old, uh, 14 years old. And I punched the, you know, you know how you, you score a layup in, in high schools. They had that pad in the back of the wall fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, for some odd and apparent reason, someone took the cushion out of the pad and I got fouled. Thought I was supposed to have an and one and punched the wall and broke my hand and missed the uh, AAU Nationals that season, a year that we were really expecting to win the Nationals. So I understand where he was coming from on that one. I understand. Well, not saying it was smart. It was both. It was done by him and it was done by me. But I, I understand where he's coming from. I, I understand the emotion. Also, you just you have to you have to find a way to channel it differently, and that's yep. easier said than done. I'm not. I'm not at all like these things happen sometimes in sports, and it's always unfortunate to me. Jaden McDaniels, to your uh, point, one of six players to defend uh, 2022 All Stars at least a thousand times this season. So you talk about what he's meant, and his length meant a lot for their matchups this year against LeBron and the Lakers particularly. So, mm -hmm. you know, his loss is a 
massive one. And if you're Minnesota, I think there's only one takeaway so far, which is this is my fault. Like, I apologize, Timberwolves. Like, I'm the one that sat here a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, why are we, you know, poo-pooing all over the Timberwolves? Like, they deserve a little respect. They play better than people are giving them credit for. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards have both been delightful surprises this year. And all they did since I did that was poo-poo the bed. And then as they continued to do that, they went into this game and they had to find a way. Now, I'll give them credit for turning around the last game of the season. They had a lot of passion. They needed to get that win. But let's face it, ever since I endorsed them, it's been very Metsian. Like, like, I'm starting to think that I'm the problem here. I say something positive about the Mets, things don't go well. I say something positive about Minnesota, things don't go well. Memphis, y'all, I'm sorry. Like, I said y'all are going to take down the Lakers in the actual first round of the real playoffs. Uh, now, I, like, if I'm Memphis at this point, I'm wrapping every player in bubble wrap. I'm making sure that everybody stays healthy. Like, this is a me problem, not a Minnesota problem. Well, here's the thing. Now, if the Los Angeles Lakers move on in advance, right, and they play the Memphis Grizzlies and they advance in that series. They will not. They will not oh, advance. Oh, man. You're going to have a rough one, boss. You're going to have a rough one. I'm just going to get off Twitter for like a month. And I love it. Somebody tweeted me earlier and said, I love that you finally admitted your Lakers hate. Again, I'll remind everybody. I grew up a Lakers fan. I have no skin in the game. I have no bias for or against any team. I just don't think the Lakers have been as good as advertised all year. That's you know all. what you can do, and though? Memphis is going to beat them in the first round, and then I'm going to make a whole – like, I'm going to make a clapback video. I'm going to rap at Lakers fans. Oh, I'm going to pull all Fitz, the stops out. If someone out. tries you the wrong way, just tell them, put them up, put them up. I give you these boxing gloves. Put them up, put them up. Look, will you be in my, will, will my clapback video, Harry? Well, you just like sit in the back and go, oh, oh no. Oh. I'm going to tear your ass up too. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Minnesota wasn't even the biggest disaster of the final weekend of the NBA season. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 